Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer Matt Tremont. That's this one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night in this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you only fuck that. Black dude, This Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Um, you know, I, I plan on doing this last week. Fucking tried the thing. I don't know. The mic wouldn't connect. I don't really know much about computers. They really uh, irritate me quite a bit. Because, uh, you know, computers, I, I, I'm so clueless with them. I start trying to do shit. It doesn't work. I got no answers, you know. So I just stare at it and get angry. And then I got to start, like, you know, asking, oh, what do I do? You know, screenshotting what's going on and all this bullshit. So it's just a huge pain in the ass. But anyway, I figured I'd throw this episode down. By any means, I don't got shit to do, you know. I'm not a, I'm not a drinking cat. So, um, you know, uh, there, there's not a, not a lot going on today for me. You know, I did my uh, normal day at work and all that. A little extra shit today. But, um, yeah, there's no party and there's no, uh, you know, uh, me being out doing any kind of thing tonight. So, um, I figured I would just throw this down. I know a lot of people got plans and they're out in the bat. I don't expect people to be sitting around their computer listening to this shit now. But, uh, you know, it's out there. Motherfuckers catch it on the archive. Whatever. Once it's up there, it's up there. Uh, so that's, that was the plan. Um, and shout out to, um, 
the THT podcast. I hopped on their uh, YouTube uh, experience the other night. Um, so you could check that out. I shared that on my page. We uh, like live reviewed um, the last, uh, I don't know, three or four matches on the GCW show. It was like, it was a Saturday night. It was, um, it was like crazy late. It was like fucking close to midnight or something like that. And, uh, Shaheen hit me up like, yeah, man, we're, we're doing this thing. Like, uh, if you want to hop on at first, I'm like, eh, I don't know, man, I'm already fucking tired. I don't really, know what the fuck. and then I was like, hey, why not? So hopped on there and, uh, watched the, the last couple of matches at GCW show. Um, definitely got a few extra things to say about that. Um, so, but, but go and, you know, watch that, check that shit out, uh, on YouTube. Um, going to try to pull the audio from it and put it up here. So anyone who wants to just like listen to it or whatever. Um, I mean, it, it's cool. I mean, the whole YouTube gimmick's pretty cool. I still don't get exactly how you put it down or how you get it done. Um, I think it's more complicated than just recording on YouTube. Uh, cause Shaheen said you need like good equipment or some kind of shit. I don't, I don't have any idea. Um, he's doing a whole thing over there with the YouTube. Uh, all I know about YouTube is the, uh, the puppy videos I'm doing. And, um, you know, I keep cranking them out. Did the, uh, the last week of the season videos and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll start doing playoff videos and all that shit after that. And then I just gotta, you know, keep consistent ideas going and, uh, try to keep the, uh, at least weekly videos going. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I feel like I'm getting a little better at it. Um, you know, so check it out. Uh, Grizzworld is the, uh, the YouTube page for the puppets and shit. So, um, but yeah, shout out to, uh, THT over there. Like I said, it was, it was fun. It was something different. Definitely wasn't used to, uh, you know, broadcasting like video wise. And, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So check them out. And Shaheen's doing all sorts of on the on the YouTube shit, he's doing like unboxing videos, and which is a little little you know quite my thing. But uh, you know everybody's got their own bop, and uh, he's doing that thing. I mean, it, he must be smoking some shit over there because I watched I watched a minute of the one video. He picked the box up. And he said the back of this box is beautiful, and I just said, oh man, he, he's smoking that that good shit because because I don't even know <laughs> I don't know how to um. I don't know how to sympathize with that shit, man. Um, I've opened Funko Pops. I throw the boxes in the garbage. It's like sacrilege in uh, his world. Uh, throw that shit in the garbage. Um, I had my puppet rip one open with his fucking mouth the one time. The, you know, just kind of doing like a takeoff on the on the unboxing videos and shit. But yeah, he gets into that shit real, real serious. Like, so uh, check that shit out. Um, and he, he does uh, like a hip hop shit on that channel too. And, uh, yeah, and then the, the THT thing. So, there's some shit there. Um, so what do I want to get into first? Um, I guess we'll, we'll get into the, uh, the, the GCW shit real quick. Um, a couple things that stood out from that show, um, that I just wanted to mention real quick. Uh, the Gage Dickinson match was good. Um, they, they kicked the shit out of each other. Uh, Gage is still looking pretty sick, and, um, he's, uh, 
I don't know. Uh, he's just he's just not looking good. There's some shit going on there. And lately, what concerns me right now is he's he's talking a lot about his knees being fucked up. He made like some kind of apology for a match that he didn't like, like the night before or two nights before, saying, oh, "Sorry, that match sucked. My knees are really shot. This and that." And the thing I worry about with that is um, he he's already got you know um, drug issues and. Uh, when you start self-medicating and shit, and then you got major injuries on top of it, motherfuckers get fucked up real, real quick that way. So I'm pretty concerned with that. You know, um, you know any any thoughts and and uh, worries we had previous about Gage, I feel like are pretty escalated right now with him being in some major pain on top of uh, you know doing you know what he does. So, uh, yeah, I'm not feeling so good about that. Um, the other thing about Gage is he's doing like this. I, I made a joke on the, uh, the THT thing that it's like prayer leader Gage. Now he gets on the mic and, you know, Teddy Hart would go out there after fucking every match. And, oh, I love you guys. I do this for you guys. Uh, I love you guys. It's for you. All for you. And. Like, he's doing that shit now, and it's like, oh, you fucking fans, I'm doing it for you, I love you guys, and I, I hate prayer leader Gage. Gage used to be a fucking killer, absolute killer. And and I'm not saying he can't go in the ring now or whatever, but, like, his fucking character of just being just a cold-hearted fucking murderer was so fucking, so over. The fans loved the fact that he was, like, fucking, you know, can you imagine, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know? I always called Gage the um, Stone Cold Steve Austin of the Indies because he was just that uncontrolled fucking animal. Like, you knew when he fucking hit that curtain, shit was going down. And that was, like, obviously, you know, Austin did it on a different level and all of that shit. But um, can you imagine him just, like, breaking character after matches and going, I love all of you guys. I, I You know, this might be the beer talking, but you guys are just the best. You guys like I do this for you guys, and you know, I, you know, I, I don't know what I where I'd be without you, and you know, it just it comes off fucking weird, man. And and I understand like appreciating your fans and all that, and that that's cool. But a lot of what I appreciated as a fan was the cold-hearted fucking killer, just the the the, the gimmick that he rolled with. It was just unfucking beatable. Unbeatable, and uh, I, I hate this shit. It's too much fucking positivity, too much ass kissing, like everything about it. And, and it's such a constant on that, on on every every level, you know. And um, Dickinson grabbed the mic, and this was, you know, a little uh, little fucking uh, change of direction, I guess you'd say, because uh, Dickinson put over GCW heavy as fuck. Oh, this is the place to be, this is what's cool, uh, you know, this and that, and, uh, you know, he had that situation where, um, it was, uh, what the fuck, I don't remember the name of the show, it was like, uh, uh, Date with Destiny, something like that, um, and it was supposed to be Zandig versus, uh, Tremont, that didn't happen, Zandig didn't show, um, because he had broken his back at the Tournament of Survival, and then uh, it was supposed to be Dickinson, Teddy Hart, which was like, oh, fucking dream match. This is going to be crazy. Uh, there was a lot of talk on the Internet. And uh, this this was part of the things that stemmed me towards my um, my problems with the mono and all that shit. And um, 
there was like everything came out on the internet like yeah like Dickinson's not gonna fucking be there this and that they're they're looking at a replacement they were looking at, at the time it was like um who the fuck I think Leo Rush was like on the possibility of a replacement and it ended up being Shane Strickland but the night before um I hit up Danny DeMano we were still on uh you know talking terms or whatever I, I guess you'd say um and asked him, like, hey, is there any truth to this and this? And, uh, oh, don't believe everything you read on the internet. See you there. Da, da, da. All right. Well, I hit up Dickinson, and Dickinson gave me the whole fucking rundown. Saying that they wanted to give him less money that he was getting paid everywhere else. Um, he's not going to be there. No question about it. Um, you know, he, he's not going to, you know, do this type of shit where, you know, he's getting paid less from DeMano and, and Lauderdale over there, you know, just for the sake of doing it because they know each other and that's not, that's not how it works. And, you know, he's worth this much and that's, that's what he should be paid. And, and I, I was like, yeah, well, I mean, if that's what you're getting paid everywhere else, it doesn't make sense to, you know, but that's, that's his personal choice and his decision as far as business goes. I don't say anything about what he should be paid or, whatever i mean he he's definitely in my opinion one of the most entertaining guys on the indies so i mean whatever he feels he's worth and people are paying him that then then i i i would agree with that um and then demano got on the mic the next night you know after he told me don't believe what you did dickinson's not there of course which which i already knew because i already talked to, to chris so i already knew danny was lying to me you know that that night so show up yeah dickinson's not there he cuts danny demondo comes out and tries to cut this like badass fucking face promo and barry dickinson in front of the crowd now he's looking to get over going like he's not here and this is why this fucking guy would rather do apartment wrestling and shit than be here and then he, he dwells on it. he's like it's fifty dollars fifty dollars that that he uh wouldn't do the show because it would be 50 extra dollars to book him or whatever. And I, I mean, right from that point, number one, I was annoyed because Demano just lied to me instead of saying, yeah, man, you know, we couldn't work shit out, but we're going to do our best for a replacement. He doesn't have to reveal his hand and say, we got Strickland. He doesn't have to say anything like that, but to just be like, nah, don't believe what you hear, you know, just fucking show up. And then you show up and it's like, Oh yeah, that's exactly what I heard. So and then he gets on the mic and he, he fucking buries Dickinson. Like, first off, you're not going to be a face over Dickinson. You know, the, the crowd is fucking all about fucking Chris Dickinson. You know, as far as uh, that match goes, like Teddy Dickinson, motherfuckers are like, yeah, like, I can't wait for this shit. So when Danny DeMano comes out, who look? Danny DeMano and Brett Lauderdale are, are putting on amazing fucking shows with that company over there. But. I don't think anyone, including Danny DeMano, I guess he did that night, would believe that he would be a face over Chris Dickinson. That's fucking crazy. Um, so he comes out there, he buries him, says all this shit, and he kept dwelling on 50 fucking dollars. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, yeah, $50. Like, you knew the fucking fans wanted him. 50 extra dollars out of your fucking end could have put him here. He would have been here. And you keep going, $50, it's only $50. Well, if it's only $50 and that's what the fans wanted and that's what you promised the fans, pay the fucking $50. And then if you want to not use them again because of the $50, that's on you. But at least you came through on what you put on fucking paper. Yeah, you know I mean? Like, so that's how I always felt. But he buried him and talked all this shit. 
and Dickinson was like, fuck him, and, and, and hadn't worked with them for quite some time. And, and I think he popped up since then, but for him to take, like, the whole 180 and go out there and just, like, put it over the company like they're the best thing going, again, I they're putting on some of the best shit out there. No question about it. But it was just a little surprising to see Dickinson take that turn. Dickinson has been a guy um, recently who really didn't, doesn't need to wrestle, doesn't want to wrestle for the most part. Um, he loves it for what it is, but he's not running around trying to catch bookings everywhere he goes. He's only working on shit that he like specifically wants to work on. Like he's told me before, like, yeah, like if it's not worth it to me or it's something I don't want to be involved in, then I'm just not doing it. Like I, you know, he, he enjoys his fishing and his, you know, just doing his regular job shit and just living a fucking normal life, you know? So, uh, he loves his wrestling, but it's gotta be, everything's gotta line up for him where it's something that he wants to be involved in. Otherwise he's just not interested. He's not just trying to get booked everywhere. So, um, you know, it, it was a little shock, you know, for him to take that turn, but good on him. Um, I mean, he's again, one of the most entertaining guys on the Indies. So GCW or anywhere else would benefit highly from having Dickinson there. And it's kind of crazy because he took some barbed wire shit in that match and, you know, pizza cutter to the forehead and bleeding and all that shit. And um, right after the match, uh, amongst his speech and everything, he said, I'm not done with this. I want that fucking belt. I want a rematch. And Gage said, yeah, I don't back down from a fight. As far as I'm concerned, this is probably going to go even further into the ultraviolet realm because, you know, he had barbed wire in match one. He's saying, I want fucking more. Gage, you know, he does and and how Gage matches generally go. So I feel like uh this could go even further into that realm, which is pretty surprising for Dickinson. Uh but yeah, I mean again, good for GCW. Um so you got that. Um I'm trying to think if there was another thing I wanted to point out from this show, but um besides uh the other thing. Yeah, that's that's all I could think of. I think, and then the the end of the show was uh, PCO and Masato Tanaka, which is pretty cool because uh, PCO was supposed to be pulled off of, like all indie dates and stuff, but I guess they let him work out his uh, GCW. Um, which is weird. I think they announced him for fucking spring break too. So, which I don't know. Maybe Ring of Honor is just not worried about them, or I'm not really sure. But he signed a Ring of Honor contract, so. Uh, you know, he's supposed to be off all the indies. Um, so he came through, he worked this match with, with Tanaka. Um, crazy match, you know. I mean, they, they Tanaka could still go, and they did some shit all over the place. And, um, yeah. Um, well, Joey Janela got on the mic after this. Uh, he did commentary. Um, he was wasted. Um, this is just commonplace in, in GCW. It's one of the things they like to do is uh, just put whoever's like the most wasted on the, on commentary. So Joey doesn't have anything to do is his, you know, his knees fucked up and, uh, he got on the mic after the, the match and, um, it just got like real fucking emotional, you know? And, uh, he's like crying, you know? He's, and it sounded like very, very reminiscent of the, it's still real to me. Damn it. Uh, speech. Because he, he got into this whole thing, like how, you know, they inspired him in his childhood, and, and this, it's these guys that are, that are uh, 
helping him, you know, motivate himself to, to work through this injury and get back in the ring and this and, and he got like his voice like cracked, got like real weird shit. Um, so I thought it was funny because, you know, I'm calling him the sad boy Joey Janela now. And, um, yeah, he, he doesn't look like he's working very hard on any other, you know, area of his body or anything, which is completely to be expected out of Joey. Um, for him to be drinking and crying over wrestlers in the ring sounds about right. It seems like he's about where I'd expect him to be. Um, like I said, Joey, Joey's potential is, is sky high. Um, where he actually gets himself is, is going to be a whole nother story because um, he's just, he's too comfortable with the train wreck life. He thinks that shit's cute. And eventually the time will just keep ticking and, and it's going to run out on Joey. Joey's going to fucking watch people walk away from him and shit because he can't do what he used to be able to do. And, um, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. He'll be able to come back from this and he'll be able to do some shit. He's going to be super over for quite some time. And he's a staple in GCW, so it's not like they're going to replace him or anything like that. But things are going to change drastically for Joey over the next couple of years, I imagine. And um, uh, just just the way I see it. I could be wrong, but, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's it's something, what's going on with him. He definitely isn't presenting himself in a, in a good way. That's what he thinks is cool, so it's all good. Um I meant to do this on the um, on the cage of death. Well, I, I thought about doing this on the cage of death show because I had this feeling uh, before before we did that that show. After I watched Cage of Death and um, had this little interaction online, and then I, I just decided I just didn't want to involve this in the in the cage of death thing. So we just. I don't want to dance around it anymore, but, um, the cookie, cookie guy, Steve, um, he can go fuck himself. He's a fat piece of shit. And, um, here, here's what's, here's what's, uh, leading me to say all this. He's, he's kind of irritated me for a little while now. And, um, so, so here's the recent thing that just like, this was just the end for me, where it's just like, fuck this guy forever. Um, so he posted this shit. He shared a memory the day of Cage of Death before he went out there to Cage of Death. And it was a memory that he, he posted this post in, in 2017. And it said, what do I want for Christmas? For CCW to return back to their glory days again. Now, this was a guy that earlier in the year was shitting all over CCW, saying he's ready to walk away from them. He missed actually a, a good handful of shows, too, that... You know, it's, that's not normal for him. He was waving the GCW banner and really saying, like, they're delivering what he wanted. And, you know, he, he's about done with CCW, which is, you know, uh, a pretty pretty wild statement because, you know, he, he's one of those guys that not only has been there diehard as a fan, but he's fucking paid for guys to come in and shit. He's been a money mark for years. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, his, his grandfather is uh, fucking Frank Purdue, um, you know, from Purdue Chicken fame. So this fat fuck is filthy rich. Um, so he um, he's done like a lot of that money mark shit over the years. And um, I mean, that might work great for the promoters. But as far as me, like as a fan, like I think he's a fucking clown because, you know, if I if I pay my thirty five dollars to sit front row and you pay your thirty five dollars to sit front row, but then you also shell out another fucking grand 
so that way one guy could be on the show or two guys could be on the show because you just really wanted to see that. You're a fucking idiot. I, I mean, that might be great for the promoter and great for the other fans. Like, oh, shit, like, this guy's here. But, like, if you're actually going to come out of your fucking pocket just to see, like, something on a wrestling show to that extent, you're just a fucking idiot. Um, but anyway, so he posted that, right? And then uh, the, the other guy, Steve... Uh, the guy who uh, G's cut the promo on years ago, talking about fucking his girl and shit, when he uh, threw some racist uh, terms at him, at I think TOD one year. Well, he said, uh, why change when people buy tickets for their trash? So I posted uh, the DJ picture with him sitting back with his arms behind his head like he's, he's lounging. And then uh, someone said, they need a new booker. So I posted a picture of Booker T. And uh, the other guy uh, um, commented, King Booker, right? So then after the show, uh, the guy goes by Tommy Foolery on Facebook, but I don't know what his his real name is, but uh, he's one of the bookers, I guess, for CCW. So on the booking team, as they call it. So uh, he goes, well, how do we do tonight? So Cookie Guy goes, Tommy, you guys did a fantastic job. Keep up the good work and fuck those troll haters above. So I just commented, like, and I tagged him, you know, uh, Steve Spedden, you're such a cocksucker. Because seriously, like, he started the whole post off saying, like, I want them to get back to what they used to do uh, uh, for Christmas. I would like CZW to be like it used to be, da-da-da-da-da. So then, like, I didn't even say anything fucking crazy. I'm just, like, having fun with it. You know, post a picture of DJ. Oh, they need a new booker. Here's King Booker. You know what I mean? Like, that type of shit. And then, like, as soon as fucking this guy's like, so how do we do? You you hop on his dick and try to bury people who agreed with you on the post? You're such a fat cocksucker. Like, it just, shit like that. And, like, that, not only that, but, like, his, his opinion on hip-hop is trash. Like, this dude, if... If motherfuckers weren't breaking out cardboard boxes and boom boxes to it, he don't give a fuck about it. Like, it, if if it didn't exist, like, in the 80s, he doesn't give a fuck about it. He shits on 90s hip-hop. 90s fucking hip-hop, of all things. Like, like that's trash. You can't dance to it. First off, who the fuck had pictured this fat asshole dancing? It's like, since when do you think that this fucking guy is, is dancing to some shit? Like, it's just... The dude... He, He's a hundred percent a clown, and then he said some kind of stupid shit on um um he said some stupid shit trying to like bait me on another thing because I just delete like I just called him a cocksucker and I deleted him off the thing so I don't have to read his shit anymore. But then he went on somebody else's post and said something like, uh, "Oh yeah, J Cat would like this," or like trying to shit on me or whatever. So I told him like. I said something along the lines of, you know, go fuck your uh, dead grandfather's chicken farming corpse or some shit like that. Because I just wanted to, like, you know, put out, like, a good blunt statement. Like, like I, I want you to be offended and, and really, like, legitimately just go fuck yourself, like, on a, on a permanent basis. I don't have a banter with you. We don't have, like, a gimmick going. You could just fuck yourself, you fat money-marked fucking idiot. You you fucking dress up in referee clothes so you could be noticed at a fucking wrestling show. You, you fucking bake cookies for grown men. That that's that's your fucking life. 
his like big thing on Facebook, he, he would call me like a peasant. Uh, just because, first off, just because I wasn't born into a fucking enormous amount of wealth like you doesn't mean I'm not more of a fucking man than you. I, I don't bake cookies for fucking men at wrestling shows. You know what I mean? That that's that's that bobo shit that you're doing, man. You're you're running around fucking. Yo, let me <laughs> hold on. I got a wrestling sh- I got a wrestling show tomorrow. Let me make sure my fucking referee shirt is ironed, and uh, let me check on those cookies I got baking for those dudes at the show. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, how does anyone in the world take you fucking serious? I have no fucking idea. But so yeah, I just I just wanted to put out there that 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 fucking dude could go fuck himself. Um, yeah. So that that's pretty much that. Um, speaking of chickens, man, I um I had this uh I don't I don't know I, I guess interaction with uh, some of these crazy vegan motherfuckers, right? Now look, I I respect the vegan uh, decision. If if you want to go down that road, you want to go vegan, vegetarian, whatever the case may be, it's more power to you. I'm an animal lover, so I I 100% support your decision. I'm not a vegan or vegetarian or anything like that, but look, I don't have a problem in the world with um with that type of thing. I, I don't like not gonna like shit on you and stuff like that. Like yo, you you know you fucking don't eat meat. What kind of shit is that? But but my thing is like this. Like don't. And it goes the same with religion or any kind of other shit. Don't push your shit on me. Yeah, I mean, don't don't come at me like like you're fucking crazy based on your choices and shit. That that that's fucking. So to go back to the beginning of this whole thing, um, when I was looking for chickens, um, when I was building my flock, I um was researching around. I was looking at a couple different places, and I was trying to rescue. I was trying to rescue birds, you know, more so than buy them. Um, I found, uh, one place in Jackson that, that was selling them and, uh, they're fantastic. Uh, they're called Jersey chickens, really, really good, uh, chicken breeders. And, uh, I mean, they do uh, just high end, you know, breeds. I have, um, three chickens from them. So then when I was searching around, cause I wanted to rescue some chickens and there's a rescue in, um, I think it's called like the chicken refuge. And that's in, uh, I think North Jersey somewhere. And, so I hit them up. They have something like 70 birds or some shit for adoption. And I hit them up and asked them, you know, what are your fees, this and that, well, you know, what's required. So they sent me this big application. Reading through the application, it's pretty extensive. Now, I, you know, as being a guy who works in an animal shelter, I'm not really against, you know, people doing a little bit of checking into the people they're giving animals to because terrible things happen out there. So I'm, I get it, you know what I mean? Um, but these people were uh, very, very clearly vegan. It was, uh, you know, <laughs> a joke I, I've heard several times is like, how do you know someone's vegan? Oh, don't worry, they'll tell you. Um, but so upon looking at this application, one of the like agreements, the requirements that you have to to do is, number one, you're not going to kill or eat your birds, which I'm all for, again, I'm I'm a part of a like a chicken group, uh, chicken owner group or some shit backyard chickens on Facebook. It's got a hunt like hundreds of thousands of uh, people on there, and um, it's like half and half, and probably mm, probably more seventy thirty, because the, the the people who are like farm people are all about like shit isn't working out with this chicken, kill it. 
oh, this rooster is a little mad, fucking throw it in the pot. Like, it's just, they're on that shit. And that's just the farm life. I'm not about that. You know what I mean? I treat my birds like fucking, like pets. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're like part of the family. You know what I mean? So, um, so the killing part, I don't have a problem with it at all. Like, there's, there's no, there's no intention of that on my end whatsoever. Um, and then, uh, the other thing is they don't want you eating their eggs because they're vegan. So they want to push their agenda through what they're doing. So they're, they're not going to adopt to you if, if you eat the chicken's eggs and they, they'll give you this, this bullshit thing. Where, oh yeah. Well, we use antibiotics if they're sick and this, that, but the antibiotics don't last forever. So that's not like a forever thing. You know, I, I work around animals. I have, um, you know, zoo, zoo vets, um, and, and, you know, people that work on exotic vets, you know, that, that work on all sorts of different animals. And, you know, they, they'll tell me, you know, what the deal is with that type of shit. So I, I can't be fooled by simple, oh, antibiotics once, you know, that, that's some bullshit. But they basically just don't want you eating your chickens, eggs. And uh, they, they don't consider you a good home if, if that's what you're doing. So I, I more or less was like, all right, fuck them. So I unfollowed them. And then like a couple months later, I, I went, I soon after I went, I rescued all those, those birds from the uh, egg farmer. So then, uh, soon after I got like a, you know, where how they suggest the pages to you and shit. So the, uh, that chicken refuge or whatever sent me like a, Hey, like our page. So I fucking said, fuck it. Like the page. Just kind of left. It was what it was. So then last week I got into this whole discussion because I, I understand, like, look, the, the egg farming business is, is pretty brutal. You know, they, they put these chickens in tiny little fucking cages and let them just lay eggs and shit until they die and then just replace them with more chickens. And, like, the living quarters are terrible. Um, it, it's really, really terrible and inhumane. If you look into some of the, the practices and, and requirements and what they actually do in these things, it, it's it's bad. So... I get that, you know, they're, they're disgusted and, and outraged with that type of thing. But if you're going to tell me, like, I wanted an answer. Like, what, what exactly is inhumane about eating the chicken's eggs that live in my backyard? Like, I cook my fucking chicken's oatmeal every morning. Not a, Their primary diet is, is high-grade, high um, you know, pellet and cracked corn and all that shit that they're supposed to eat. But every morning I fucking cook them oatmeal. Um, and you know, I'll put some corn in there or, you know, mix vegetables or, you know, all sorts of different things I do for them. I, I hook them up with all sorts of snacks and stuff and these birds are fucking taken care of. They got a 16 by 20 foot fully enclosed predator proof pen. Um, you know, that, that's, that's where they live. You know, they don't have a little tiny ass coop and shit. It's a fucking, it's a, it's a big fucking thing in there. Hey. And they they just went off the fucking deep end and started like explaining how I'm exploiting the chickens by eating their eggs because of their Frankenstein-like reproductive system that I'm <laughs> I'm expl- <laughs> like I just like I couldn't even fucking handle the shit that these people were saying like they're legit you would swear they're just like bullshitting you I'm exploiting my chickens so I said like basically you're saying like if I threw the eggs in the garbage, I'd be doing the right thing. But by eating the eggs that the chickens are going to produce is somehow exploiting them. I just, I couldn't even wrap my head around that. I should, I just had to like fucking speak the same shit that I was being, uh, 
told again on this show just so other people could hear this nonsense. This is fucking crazy. So um, people like that exist out there. Like I said, I, I'm not against your choice to be vegan, anything like that. But Jesus fucking Christ, I, that's that's amazing for anyone to even feel that way. Like I, you're exploiting your chickens if you eat the eggs that they. Fuck. Um. So there's that. Um. What else do I got? Um. I went to uh, Holiday in the Park at Great Adventure. Shit is dope. I highly recommend it. It's over now, but uh, next year, I highly recommend it. It's um, real, real nice. They really do it up with the lights. Um, as soon as you walk in, like the downtown area type shit, um, they, uh, they got like fake snow falling. It's like uh, bubbles, I think. I think it's like, uh, you know, small little soap bubbles. But, you know, in the, in the night, you look, it just looks like fucking snow is falling, like light, light snowfall. And, um, yeah, the, the, the lights that they did up were awesome. They go like probably 20 feet, 30 feet in the trees and they'll do like a whole section. One section will be like white lights all over the trees. Next section will be red lights. Then they got multicolored lights. Um, just, just real dope. And then, uh, a bunch of like fire pits throughout the park you know, to warm your hands and there are people are roasting marshmallows. It's just really nice. These big contraptions, like a big giant Christmas ball you walk through. Um, uh, we did the one Christmas show, which was really good. I had a bunch of acrobats and fucking, uh, dancing and singing and, uh, you know, magic. And it was, it was good, but, uh, yeah, I highly recommend that. Um, they definitely did that. Well, uh, we meant to go to it last year and just didn't get around to it. We got seasons passes, but, I barely ever make it out there, um, days a week and yeah, but, uh, yeah, I highly recommend that next year. Go hit that fucking, uh, holiday in the park shit up. It's definitely well, well worth it. So, um, there's that. Um, let me see. I know I had some questions people sent me or topics. Um, Robert Anthony wanted to know, uh, 2010-2011 CCW experiences and memories. Uh, and I meant to go back and, like, pick, like, specific matches and shit like this. But I, I could just say like this. The roster back then was fucking solid. I mean, you had Drake. You had Sammy. You had uh, Adam Cole. You had fucking uh, Cult Fiction was doing their thing, running through there. Uh, Robert Anthony was fucking killing it. Mox was in there. Um gauge pre-bank gauge um i mean it this shit was awesome and um i i just think the quality was so much better the um the big show feel was a hundred percent there i mean you had a, a zandig zandig and fucking damage i think it was that was a fist fight I think that was Zandig and damage i mean just 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 the crazy shit that they were able to put on in that time period was um you look back on it at the time it was just the roster it was you know you would look and be like oh yeah this is pretty dope or whatever when you reflect on it now it's like holy shit um just incredible absolutely incredible and um the atmosphere was you know second to none i mean the the parking lot was just a fucking party you know i mean you could if you didn't get fucking tickets to the show and just went out back and hung in the parking lot, you'd have a good enough time for those fucking hours. Cause the guys would be out there. It was like 
like an extension of the locker room. You know, you'd have guys out there during the, it'd be hard. You'd have to listen for the fucking music to kick back up in the building because they'd come back from intermission and motherfuckers weren't even moving. (laughs) Motherfuckers were sitting out there like, and nah, man, like this is where we're at. Like shit. It was a, you know, a show within itself. It, um, it was definitely a great atmosphere. You'd have a lot of laughs and, uh, good time hanging out just overall. And, um, yeah, it's just, just nothing like what goes on now. And at some point too, you know, guys used to be so reachable and, uh, it used to be such, such an even playing ground as far as like your, uh, communication with guys and this and that. And at some point or another, CCW completely sterilized all of that. Um, I know as they moved into the skate zone, they did that and started having guys behind the fucking tables doing their merch shit. And like everybody had their merch tables and stuff before, but you'd see guys out before or after the show, all of that. And you could really like fucking chop it up and talk with them. And now it just became like fucking merch tables and lines. And that's pretty much the only time you're going to see him. I mean, shit, when they brought Drake back for the fucking hall of fame thing, they had motherfuckers paying for fucking pictures with Drake in the ring like that. I mean, that, that's wild shit, man. Like, uh, you know, guys they had fucking whack Packer Hogan pay for a fucking picture with Drake. Like if that isn't sterilized fucking CZW. Uh, and I don't know, you know, financially what was behind that with him being in the WWE and this and that, but it was just like fucking sickening. It was like, these are dudes that we were like in the fucking parking lot doing all sorts of wild shit. And now it's like, oh, yeah, you could fucking stand in line and pay $10 or whatever for a fucking picture with the guy. Like, it's just, uh, shit just turned in a real bad direction. And it didn't make the company more professional. You know, they're still misspelling shit on the fucking website and just like, just retarded shit. And there's still a lot of, you know, just trying to like turn it into a more professional company but what it really did is just like push the fans further away because at some point ccw was really like a family even you know amongst like the crowd to wrestlers there was a connection there was a hundred percent a connection like there was a chance that if you saw one of those fucking guys that were you were seeing every month those wrestlers you saw every month and you saw one of those guys in public they might be the one to fucking say something to you you know like i I saw Gage at the fucking uh, Force One show years ago. And I wasn't like a Force One goer, really. But I had just popped into the one show. I forget how I ended up there. But somebody was like, hey, you want to go to the show? And I was like, yeah, let's go to the show. So we go to Force One. Fucking Gage fucking uh, comes out for his fucking entrance and shit. And, like, stops fucking midway. He's like, oh, shit, it's fucking J-Cat. Like, you know, there was that connection with the fans. So much more so than there is now. Now it's just, you know, entertainers out there, your fans, this and that. Big, like, separation. There's, like, a such a barrier in between the two. And um, it's just weird. Yeah, it should, just got weird. So um, that old CZW, that 2010-2011 CZW was, was something special. Um, there There's a lot of different time periods in CZW. And shit remained special for quite some time. And that's the thing with DJ. DJ bought something that was 100% special and then slowly turned it into something that was his own. And what he made is not special. It's not. It's As far as the like nothing else, it's like everything else, only fucking shittier. Really, like a lot worse. 
It's like nothing else that you want. No one wants to see what this fucking is. This is like Dojo Wars on a higher platform. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's it's not good. Yeah, you can go back to our Cage of Death review if you'd like to listen to that. Um, some things about that. Um, what the fuck else? Oh, um, Stuart Shane wanted to know what's the best song of, off of Van Halen's Fifty One Fifty, and I said, uh, probably Why Can't This Be Love. Um, I had to go back and look at it. You know, you could ask random fucking questions, topics, whatever the fuck. I'll cover whatever. Like, I don't, you know, that's completely fucking random. There's nothing that would link me to being, like, Van Halen guy or anything like that. Um, but, so I had to go back and look at the track listing. It was like, yeah, I, I would say that that was the best song on the album. And then the next day, I even put it on my Apple Music just to make sure that I got that right. Because, you know, again, like, once I start thinking about something, I got to really feel like it. Did I uh, did I miss something? No, that's that's in my opinion the best song on the album. So then I started thinking. I'm like, well, first off, what what fucking year did Eat 'Em Up and Smile come out from David Lee Roth? Oh shit, same year. David Lee Roth is far superior to fucking Sammy Hagar. Um, in in fucking Van Halen, out of Van Halen, Eat 'Em Up and Smile is a far better album than 5150. By fucking leaps and bounds like that fucking album is is the shit and um i honestly i know it's a fucking crazy statement or whatever but i i think eddie van halen's a little overrated i don't think he's bad by any stretch of the imagination um obviously he's he's a difficult to work with guy because all of the people who went in and out of that group seem to have problems with eddie um but i'm saying as far as a transition i mean david lee roth went from um Eddie Van Halen to Steve Vai. And I mean, I don't, I don't know how you can determine that Eddie's that much better than Steve Vai. Cause that fucking dude's a killer on the guitar. So I don't know, but, um, yeah, fucking eat him up and smiles a million times better than 5150. So, uh, definitely a David Lee Roth guy. Um, June Kasai coming to GCW and the name of the show being, they said it couldn't be done. Now, this is a company who's continuously fucking tried to go... Oh, no, we're not taking shots at CZW. We're not taking shots at CZW. But then and go and name a fucking album. Name a, a fucking album. Uh, a show, they said it couldn't be done, which is obviously classic CCW show. Um, It's just... I mean, it's so blatant, it's ridiculous. Um, According to Brett Lauderdale... Uh, June Kasai, after TOD 10, um, I think it was 10, right? Or was it 13? Might have been 13. Um, would never come back to the States based on how he was treated by CCW, accommodations, this and that. Again, this is according to Brett Lauderdale. So I, I don't know how much fucking truth there is to that. But so supposedly it was really hard to get him over to the States, this and that. Uh, so they finally got it done. Um, I hope it's up against Marcus Crane because this is a match Marcus Crane always wanted. Um, and he's been murdering himself for, um, for GCW. So I, I think it's only right. Um, and that's happening in Atlantic city at showboat, which I didn't even know showboat was back up and running and shit, but apparently they are. And that's where that'll be. 
Um, but yeah, you know, the, the show title's kind of fucking crazy. Um, this is what it is. Uh, Jim Kasai is one of those guys. Um, he's, in my opinion, hands down the greatest of all time deathmatch wrestler. Um, anyone who's like that crazy about Onita and this and that, like that, that's how I feel about Kasai. Uh, I think Kasai is just hands down the best. Um, if you haven't, I've seen Kasai quite a few times, um, live and I, I was always like, so, so thrilled to see him. It was a huge Kasai mark. Um, still got his picture on my wall. I got only a handful of still wrestling things on my wall as far as, uh, like autographs, pictures and shit like that. And, uh, Kasai is one of them. Um, so anyone who hasn't seen Kasai live, it's it's a rare opportunity to see him in the states, and um, I don't know if it'll be the last time. That's that's how they're pitching it, but you know they said about Onita, and then he's back before you knew it. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely make your way out there and see Kasai if you have not seen him live before. Um, he's definitely going to give you your money's worth. He's uh, just as fucking crazy as he's ever been, and uh, yeah. So, so that's why fucking quick story. Uh, I kind of ties into that, that era of CCW 2010, 2011. I think it was around the same time. Uh, CCW had brought in Kasai and it might even been that double header with the, um, ah, I forget what the fuck it was. It, it was some kind of like Japanese show on the afternoon and then a uh, CCW show at night. And I, think that might have been the one with Kasai Havoc, maybe. So we didn't get a chance to see Kasai during, you know, intermission or anything like that. So we're hanging after the show and like, fuck man, just waiting on Kasai and shit. And Drake was our dude. He we were always hanging with Drake and talking with Drake. Drake even shouted us out on the fucking uh on his shoot interview. Um he's always been a great dude to me. Um so Drake's like, hey, man, I got you, man. Come with me real quick. He goes in the locker room. He comes back out. I got you, man. He fucking <laughs> drags me and the girl through the fucking locker room. Kasai's in his fucking underwear. He's like, take a picture with him real quick, man. <laughs> and he's just like, all right. Fucking took a picture in his fucking underwear in the fucking locker room. Uh, so it, it was funny. It was, uh, again, Drake was that fucking guy. So, um. But, you know, wild experience and just just how CZW was back then. It was just so much more of like a family. And, uh, you know, it was it was a lot uh, more comfortable in CZW. You just felt like you fucking belonged. It was uh, it was special. It was absolutely special. Um, so I think the last thing I got to cover is Ricky Shane Page. Ricky Shane Page apparently uh, got wind of the podcast that I did with Sozio. And um, apparently he didn't like it. Um, which, if anybody goes back and listens to the podcast, I I don't think we were fucking harsh on Ricky Shane Page at all. Um, the match. I, I said I liked the match. Uh, Sozio didn't really like the match. But I, he, he didn't, like, go overboard shitting on him. I, I didn't think. Well... So Ricky Shane Page posts this on fucking Twitter. 
oh, a podcast that has 200 followers doesn't like me and had someone who isn't even in the business anymore on and didn't like my match at Cage of Death. Oh, no. You're out of touch. Pipe down. Hashtag suck it. Um, so I, I commented on there. Ha ha ha. Passive aggressive clown shit at his finest. Uh, because that's what it is. Like, you're not going to mention me. You're not going to mention my name and anything like that. Um, you're taking a very, very limited criticism as far as what was said about him. Um, and trying to shit on, on that. It's, it's fucking crazy to me. Um, Overall, like, the thing is like this, um, and Ricky's a dude who, you know, I tried several times to get on the show, and, you know, when I sent a message to him saying, hey, like, like to have you on the podcast, da, 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 this is going back, like, when he had a fucking match with Tremont at, um, Tournament of Death, I was like, oh, this guy's fucking, you know, he's got some shit, I think it was Tremont, maybe it was, uh, yeah, I think it was Tremont that he wrestled the first time. I think, or maybe it was Danny Havoc. I know he wrestled Danny Havoc a whole bunch of times, but, um, and, and like, rather than like even answering me, it it was just like complete no sell, just read, moved on. And I always thought that was shitty, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like people don't owe me, um, anything as far as this show goes. This This is just like, I've said it a bunch of times. This is just a hobby and there's nothing that I really have like, uh, deep-seated passion for or anything like that. It is what it is, man. I'm just fucking talking. Um, so, but, but going forward from that, like this dude, he's on some shit where he's sensitive towards that, but here's my big fucking problem. One year ago, cage of death, Nick Gage, Brett Lauderdale walked out there unscripted, and shit on that fucking company directly after your match. While you stood there bloody from a fucking cage of death match, two fucking guys who don't work there stood in the fucking ring and shit on the fucking company you were working for. So if you don't have something to say about them, about that, you don't have any fucking stance to stand up for yourself on that, and you're going to be fucking butthurt over this shit that, that, that just on the podcast... Oh, fuck yourself, man. Like, are you out of your fucking mind? And then to to tell people that they're out of touch and then hashtag suck it, what the fuck is wrong with you? What kind of shit is that? I'm out of touch and and suck it is a thing for you in 2018, almost 19 here? It's just the, the whole generation right now, the whole society is just so fucking pussified. And look, uh, he's a crazy motherfucker in the ring. No question about it, he could fucking go. But emotionally, you motherfuckers could not be more soft. I, I, I've never seen motherfuckers as soft emotionally as, as you cats out there. Joey Janela, fucking Ricky Shane Page. And the list goes on and on about people who just can't take a fucking bit of criticism without losing their fucking shit and getting all tied up in their fucking feelings. That shit's just amazing to me. But, you know, I mean, that that's that's on you. I mean, that's that's not something that uh, that I, I'm that concerned with. The, the fun thing to me is, like, I say shit on my show, and almost always 
I get a fucking response out of somebody. Now, I'm not looking for a response out of people. I'm not going out of my way to get people to talk about me or anything like that. The funny thing to me is when I talk on my show, somehow people hear it. When they respond, someone has to fucking screenshot it or send it to me or hit me up and be like, you hear what such and such said? Because I'm not watching what y'all doing. I'm not fucking following you. I, I, I got sent a fucking screenshot of Ricky Shane Page saying that shit. I'm not I'm not up on what the fuck he's saying on a daily basis. Just like when that other little asshole said some shit on his little podcast about me. Someone else listened to that shit and said, hey, did you, did you hear that dude brought your name up? No, I don't know. I didn't fucking hear that. So then I went and I checked that. Oh, yes, yeah, sure enough. Okay, let me bury this little asshole. And then he immediately heard what I fucking said. I mean, it's it's fucking crazy, man. The thing to me is, is it's like, y'all listening. So whether you like what the fuck I'm saying or not, that's fine. But you're listening. Brandon Kirk was one of the first people to go like that shit. He can go fuck himself, too. That's the thing. Like, uh, we, were, we were about to do the show. We were promoting it or whatever. And um, Sozio posted it. And Brandon Kirk commented, yeah, uh, that'll be one big ball of positivity. It's like, oh, fuck you. Again, like, people can't take criticism. Um, My friend Paul listened to the show that we did. And he said, you said way more positive things than you said negative. I said, oh, thanks. Because most people will look at what I say or what I do and be like, oh, well, uh, he's just negative about everything. He hates everything. It's weird because I, I feel like I put a lot of shit over. You know? It's, it's just fucking crazy. I think what it is is... When I talk, I, I say things bluntly, and I don't pull punches when I have a negative opinion on things, which I hate a lot. I hate a lot of shit. So, um, and and when that happens, it it, it makes more of a um, an impact than when I say something nice because you know the few nice things I have to say, it's like, well, never mind that. You hear that that wild shit he said before about somebody getting hit by a truck? Like, well, that's you know, that's the thing people remember. Um. So, yeah, it is what it is, and like I said, I, I don't lose any fucking sleep over whether a motherfucker likes me on, on fucking Facebook or on, on the wrestling. I don't give a fuck. Um, there, there's so many podcasts out there that are just going to suck your dick. So, it's so easy for you to find. It, it, for you to find people who are just going to blow you every time they get a chance. Every match is great. Everything's great. Everything you do is great. Holy shit, that's great. And then, uh, you know, when you hear some shit out of me and I'm giving you an honest fucking opinion because I'm not really, like, begging for your fucking attention or acceptance. I'm a 40-year-old man. I don't give a fuck about you. I don't, I don't care. Uh, I, I don't care at all about you. Like, there, there's nothing that you can do in your life that's going to make me fucking feel any differently. You know what I mean? I care about my animals. I care about my kids. I give a fuck about wrestling. It's just... And I know wrestlers and wrestling fans hate hearing that type of shit, but it is what it is, you know? And I know, here here, here we'll go. Uh, oh, man, how dare he talk about something that he's not watching? I know, it's fucking, it's rough, right? But yet I yet I still do. Um, it takes me no effort, really no effort. Um, so, on a side note, uh, my job shit today, um, 
So I normally don't do any kind of like animal control or anything else. Um, we have the best animal control officer, in my opinion, I've ever seen for sure. And uh, probably one of the best that that's ever lived. Uh, Maria, my good friend, she, um, she goes above and beyond. And uh, I mean, the type of things she's done, the stories she could fucking tell you is, is crazy. Um, she's gone out on and jumped in frozen water for fucking to save a, a goose or a swan or you know, various different things. Um, she she has completely changed the population of cats in this this area for the better by targeting areas and doing trap and release and and making sure that she um fixes every single cat on the street. There's so many animal control officers that go over and over, and they just go back and back and back. Every year, it's just like a new delivery. It's like, oh, that street again? Yep. They go back there, they pick all the kittens up next year. Oh, that street again? And they're, they're always leaving behind, you know, some. And those ones are reproducing. You know, and each kitten can have six, seven kittens apiece, have multiple litters per year. So you can tell, you know, the populations can get out of control very, very easily. She has really targeted situations and solved problems. hundred percent. We're a, a block out a ton of cats there. Now every cat that's there is fixed. The ones that were adoptable were brought into the shelter. We found homes for the ones who weren't, she was able to get someone to feed them so she, she could trap and release them and stuff like that. So she's, she's amazing. So I'm not trying to, uh, pin myself as some kind of animal control officer or something. That's not what I do. I take care of cats in the shelter. I rehabilitate them. I find them homes. I clean up after them. I do that whole thing. That's, that's my job. Um, and I feel I'm the best of what I do. Um, as far as rehabilitating cats, um, bonding with them. And, um, I've gotten countless cats homes that people completely counted out, called them unadoptable. Um, so anyway, uh, Maria needed help today. There was an older woman, I think about 85 years old, and she was in an area that we don't service. But um, the animal control that she was calling weren't helping her at all. They they just weren't willing to help her. Um, she had a cat that she trapped and released, trapped, fixed, released, and he ended up being like very sweet. So she let him in the house, and she's been taking care of him for a while. He's he's very nice with her and everything. You know, he's a great cat. So apparently she had some kind of delivery or something going on and the cat slipped out the back door. Cat didn't know what to fucking do with himself out there. Got super freaked out. He found his way into her crawl space under the house. So, um, this is, this is where the cat was. Uh, the son tried, um, her, her son tried to do something, but he didn't know anything about cats or how to get. So Maria went down there and she was trying her best, but, you know, he was just, he had a lot of area to cover in there. He was running back and forth. Um, you know, he's acting feral at this point because he was so freaked out that if you tried to grab him, he was going to bite you. Um, so, so she came back to the shelter and said, look, you know, can you come with me and, you know, help me catch this cat? Because it's, it's going to take more than one person. So we go down there, uh, half of the crawl space is like flooded. It's like, it's all plastic tarping on the bottom. So like wherever the like the, the tarps were like dipped down a little bit would fill with water. So it was um like a foot or so of water um in some spots, like especially when you first went in. Um and then there to the right there was like a little bit of like a there was a little door and past that door 
was um the door was open so you can go back and forth but um past that door was like the same thing but dry like no water got in there so we figured out he was over in that section we went in there we closed the door so then it was like crawling back and forth with flashlights and headlamps and nets and fucking uh towels and all this shit and trying to to we chased him out of the one thing he was up pretty much in between uh the concrete that was holding the house up and between the the beams under the insulation so he was there we knocked on the boards to get him he backed himself out because it was so tight he couldn't even turn around he backed himself out and he goes flying out of there bam he explodes out of there like a fucking firework like no way could you grab this cat like without getting hurt so uh he goes flying all the way to the other side jumps up he's under the insulation under the the one part so we we go over there almost get him he flies over so we're back and forth like five six times finally he's under the plastic on the one side that's going up the wall and uh i said all right i'm gonna sit back a couple feet because when he blasts out of there, you're probably going to miss him with your net. If he comes over to my left side, I know I got a good shot at this guy. And uh, sure enough, he exploded up, went over to the left side, fucking swung my net. Bam, I felt his weight hit the inside of that net. And I swung him up towards the ceiling, like the, the under, under the house. But uh, up towards the roof there and fucking just pinned him up against the, uh, the board so he couldn't come out of that net. He's trying to power out of the bottom of the net. So I flipped it, I flipped it, put him, you know, down on the ground. So now he's trapped in the net. Now the guy, the son, he goes and tries to grab the cat and fucking cat bit, bites him through the net, like right away. He's fucking, I'm sure his thumb is fucking throbbing right now. Um, I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't touch my cat. Like that's not what you need to do. So then we get the carrier and, uh, so I scruff him and I'm, I'm trying to get him in there and, uh, the net gets caught on the carrier. So now with one hand, I'm trying to get the net off the carrier and the other hand, I still have the cat, you know, scruff. So I pull him back, do it again, get him in there, fucking crawl out of there with the carrier, bring him inside to the old, old woman. And, um, she just couldn't be more thankful. It was, it was so great. such a great feeling because she was so worried about him. The cat was under the house for two weeks. And she kept putting food down there. She was trying to put food down there in a the trap, but he wouldn't go in the trap. So she didn't want him to starve. So she would just put food down there. And, um, you know, for her to have him back in the house today, uh, it was it was a great feeling. You know what I mean? And no one was helping her. The people who were supposed to help her weren't helping her. And uh, I was very, very thankful to be able to contribute and, um, you know, help her get the cat back in the house and everything else. So uh, that that was that was part of my today. You know what I mean? Uh, my normal job and then had to break off and go, you know, help out with that real quick. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a nice little adventure under that house, man, though, you know, crawling on your fucking knees and under that plastic, you can't tell where there's like dirt or there's like chunks of concrete. So a couple of times hit the knee on the fucking concrete and man, that shit, that shit hurts. Um, so yeah, that's that. Um, think of what else. Um, I'm going to try to probably uh, pull some guests on this show coming up. It's been a minute since I've done any interviews. I mean, I just had Sozio on, so I don't want to say that completely because obviously I just had a guest. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to see what goes on coming up and uh, try to pull some things together. Uh, 2019, the whole fucking, uh, oh, new me, all this bullshit. 
just just do what the fuck you do, man. You 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 don't die on a fucking calendar year. You know what I mean? Like January to December isn't isn't the way we live. So if you're gonna do some shit, you're gonna do some new shit. Don't wait till the fucking new year. Don't wait till the end of the weekend. Just fucking get at it. Do what you fucking do with a passion because that that's how fucking in my opinion that's how I respect what I do. Because when I when I put my passion into the things I generally I completely care about, genuinely care about. I, I can look back at what I do and what I'm representing and uh, know that I, I don't need anybody else's approval. You know, I, I, I'm i doing what I'm doing um, to a very high extent and um, I'm very happy with it. And, and I, I think if, if people went out there and did that same type of shit, don't portray some shit you're not about. Yeah, you know I mean, you can go in the fucking gym. Oh, I'm going to whip myself into shape. But if you're not about dedicating yourself to that fucking life. And really making changes, like permanent fucking changes. That's what they say with a lot of these diets when they're being realistic. And it's not just one of those little crash diets and fad diets. All, all these fucking diets will have you lose fucking 30 pounds in, you know, a month or whatever. But if it's not some shit you can stick to, you're just going to go back to what the fuck you like. You know what I mean? And you got to find something that works with your life. You can push yourself at and just fucking keep it moving. You know what I mean? And there's there's just... Too much of that fucking New Year shit. And and I'm completely against the fucking people who are going to flood my motherfucking gym at the beginning of the year and then fall the fuck off. I know that some people have the, oh, well, you should motivate them to be there. I don't fucking... If they were there all fucking year, I'd have to find a new place to go. Like, I can't... The gym fucking crowded like that. I, I, I don't want to fucking be there. So I'd have to find a new place to go if I motivated them to all stay. And I don't know what the fuck kind of... Tony Robbins shit you think I'm on, but um, I, I'm not about motivating motherfuckers randomly. Uh, I mean, if someone wants to fucking hit me up, we could talk some motivational shit. You know, I could try to help fucking keep you you motivated that way. But I don't just like walk around like, hey, buddy, keep it up. <laughs> that's, that's not really my, that's not my deal at all. Um, but yeah, I, you know, obviously I got goals. But I have goals for just daily. Yeah, I mean, it's not really a 2019, 2018, whatever the fuck. You know, I did a lot of great shit with my races this year. I'm going to do a lot of great shit with my races next year. As long as I'm fucking alive and going to fucking do them. It is what it is, man. That that's I'm just going to keep pushing myself as long as I'm fucking up here. Because our clock runs out. You know? You can't take that shit for granted. There's so many fucking great people. And, um, I mean, from celebrities and legends and, um, and people who would never even get recognition, but were something in your life were, were the greatest person you've ever met. You know, a lot of them are gone and you got to just make a fucking mark. You got to make a stamp on what the fuck your time here is. Because when that shit runs out, it, it runs out, man. It doesn't it doesn't go by calendar year. So go fucking get it. Whether it's tonight, tomorrow, the fucking next day, in the middle of the year. You know? So do your thing. Um, check out. I got your five stars. Fucking Jeremy over there. Doing his thing. Crushing it. Fucking interviewing all the guys you're going to hear about tomorrow. as big stars, but he's doing it right now. He's letting you know about these motherfuckers before you even find out. So check out his fucking podcast. Um, check out, like I said, Grizz World. 
is my um my YouTube channel for my puppetry. Um I'm trying to really step my fucking game up on that. I got um I got the Muppet shows um for Christmas, the DVDs of the Muppet Show, old school shit. And um I, I can't tell you how much I enjoy that, man. It it's such a throwback for my childhood and the stuff that I used to watch. And um if you look at that shit I mean the the comedy is still on point. The fucking the jokes are funny. They it's so well put together. And if you look at it knowing that like special effects didn't exist, none of that shit, man, it's all puppetry. And the way that that shit comes together and you can see, you know, five puppets on the fucking screen all talking to each other and realize that there's a motherfucker with his hand way up over his fucking head making that shit happen. They were watching monitors underneath the fucking set to see their puppet as they interacted with it up top. And there's a lot that I'm learning from, you know, watching this stuff and I'm trying to, you know, um, apply it to, to what I'm doing, you know, different things like, you know, um, the lip syncing isn't just opening and closing the mouth. You should really try to push the words out through the mouth of your puppet, you know, and like shit like that. I'm trying to learn and fucking apply to Jim Henson was a genius, you know, and, and, uh, very inspired by that type of shit, and uh, I'd like to, you know, get a get a huge following on there. It's some shit that I enjoy. So uh, I'm creating memories for my kids, and um, you know, doing something that I that I I have a lot of fun doing, and uh, you know, it could only get better from here. I mean, I'm pretty much just starting. When I thought of the uh, the football picks thing to keep me doing it on a weekly basis, it, it's really propelled me to to motivate myself to do these puppet videos every week. So now going forward, obviously we, we got a couple weeks playoffs, Super Bowl, all that thing. And, uh, fuck the Eagles. Um, they're in the playoffs. Let's not get fucking crazy guys. All right. With your fucking St. Nick or whatever the fuck the bears should whip the shit out of the fucking Eagles. If Khalil Mack plays the way Khalil Mack has played this season, he he's going to fuck Foles or wherever the fuck's back there up bad. Uh, he he's a disruptive fucking force back there. Um so I, I think the Bears take that one easy. Um I think um quick rundown of the uh the games. Who else is playing? The fucking uh I think the Rams and the what the Rams and the Saints have off? I think so. So then you got the uh the Eagles and Bears the Cowboys and Seahawks. I I think the Seahawks take this one too. Um, I hate the Cowboys and the fucking Seahawks. I hate the Cowboys based on the fucking 90s because, you know, we were the team of the 80s. A lot of times we were beating the fucking Cowboys to get there. Well, in the 90s, they were beating us to get there. You know, there's a lot of playoff matches and shit that, uh, you know, we came up short on. You know, we got our 190s. Super Bowl win, but the Cowboys were the team of the 90s, and we were one of the teams that they were going through to get there. Um, so that rivalry was pretty heavy back then, and I never forgot. You know, It's been a while since we've been an issue to each other and shit, but I never forget. Um, Seahawks, obviously, it is a boiling fucking rivalry with that, and uh, I think next year we really kicked that shit back into full fucking tilt um, because with Jimmy G back, we're going to be a force, and no question about it. Um, and then, uh, what's the other, the Eagles, just, just these local cocksuckers. I hate the fucking Eagles. It's because of their fans. 
Um, and and they're running around with, like their new gimmick is like a ski mask, which is good because they're they're mostly criminals. So to run around with ski masks on is probably the best way to, to conceal your identity when you want to eat a fresh pile of horse shit and you don't want people to judge you the next day for it. A ski mask is probably the best way you can accomplish that. So uh, that that's a good gimmick that you guys came up with. Uh, I would keep rolling with that. Um, and then on the other side of things, you got the Colts and the Sins, which, you know, I, I think the Texans are a stronger team. Um, Watson's playing great fucking football out there. Um, Watt on the other side of the ball, you know, uh, I think they beat the Colts. And then you got, um, what was the other two teams? The Chargers and the fucking, uh, the Ravens. Ravens are a real fucking, um, impressive team seeing as like they, they moved from Flacco to Jackson, like, like it was fucking nothing. And it just became like Jackson's fucking team, which is just, I mean, Real shock to me, you know, to make that seamless transition and just fucking move on and be in the playoffs and all that shit. Um, Chargers are, I think, superior. Um, they've been one of the toughest team all, all year. Um, they've had a couple little bumps and shit like that, but a lot of times you'd see, like, the Chargers, they're the fucking team. So I would think the Chargers go into um, Baltimore and fucking win that game. Um and then obviously you got the Chiefs and Patriots waiting, and you got the fucking uh, Saints and Rams waiting. So um, I'm all for the fucking Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Um, I've always had a soft spot for the Chiefs since Montana went there, um, and Patrick Mahomes is fucking impressive to watch. He is he is so much fun to watch. That dude is an absolute beast. So um, I'm hoping for the Chiefs to win. Um, again, if the Bears, if the Bears go out there, they fucking take out the Eagles, and then they they match up with the fucking Seahawks or Cowboys, whoever comes out of that and beats those motherfuckers. I mean, I'm all for the Bears winning the fucking Super Bowl, because I mean that's that's beating a lot of fucking teams that I don't like at all. So, um, looking forward to it. Uh, again, just real quick back to the puppet thing. Um, check that shit out if you like it. Uh, share it, subscribe to it, you know, tell a friend, whatever the fuck. Um, I think that's about all I got, right? Am I fucking missing anything? Uh, I don't think so, but whatever. If I, you know, if I forgot something, I could get at that shit next week or something. Uh, actually, gonna see if I could do something later this week. Oh, um, Fucking Gotham starts back up on Thursday. I could not be more excited for that. Fucking uh, ten episodes, the final season, ten fucking episodes. That's all we're getting, but it's something, and they're gonna set this motherfucking shit off. If you have not watched Gotham, go back, fucking check that whole fucking series out on uh, Netflix and uh, or wherever the fuck. And I I loved it. I mean, if you can get away from like oh you know all tradition. Because a lot of people that had a problem with it were like, that's not how the story went. Yeah, but Gotham took its own fucking road. Created a lot of new fucking avenues and this and that. And I really think the twists and turns along the way were just some of the craziest shit I've ever seen. Um, I think the show's fucking phenomenal. And I'm really looking forward to this last season. So there's that. But yeah, I might uh, I might pop back in with another show before the, the week is over. And, um, you know... That that's what my plan is at least. So we'll see what goes on. Like I said, uh, probably gonna get some guests going on, 
If anyone has any ideas, topics, fucking questions, anything like that, anytime, hit me up. Um, yeah, I, I think that's about all I got. So, uh, talk to y'all motherfuckers later, peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's rain again. I'm tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Black cheese tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people and I'm like, well I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The Jews are just radio. Jesus! So say goodnight to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools.